Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, we are back home in the home studios, those of you who are watching us in... um, uh, on YouTube, and we will be home this week, but next week, JC, we start uh, our February portion of Liberty Tour 2019, and we will be in Arkansas and Oklahoma next week. Cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later on in the show, and uh, so we want everybody to make sure you go to chrisannhall.com and you tune in to the calendar, see where we are. Remember, if you're not getting our updates uh in our emails you may be missing out on something coming near uh your home close enough to drive or maybe close enough to to send a family member or friends to to some of our meetings my goodness uh how many people say to me christian on i didn't know you were going to be there and sign up we send out an email we give you all of this information Check in with chrisannhall.com on our calendar. And by the way, don't wait for social media to send something to you via the news feed because you know that both Twitter and Facebook hate what we do. So they are constantly working against us. And so, um, JC, I want to, we're, we're going to have a, a pack show today. It's a one subject show. Kay. And it's starting off with a tweet by Justin Amash. And I, I wanted this to be a, a teaching moment because I, I retweeted this tweet with the phrase, when will those in government make the rights of the people the focus of their job. And then I put in the little laughing with tears coming out of eyes, Modicon saying, sorry, I forgot myself for a moment. It will become the focus of the people in government when the people expect nothing less. Amen. And so this is what brought this up. So uh, William Barr is up for appointment and uh Rand Paul is saying that he will uh, vote no on AG nominee William Barr because of Barr's stance on the Fourth Amendment. And this was picked up by Reason, and uh, they did an article on it, but Justin Amash then retweeted it. And he tweeted a quote from William Barr. JC is shaking his head. William Barr says, and I quote, 
while the Patriot Act was a major step forward. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. I know. I know. So here I am. You know, when I'm scrolling through stuff to, to see what we're going to talk about today, I came across that as a while the Patriot Act was a major I'm like, has can't, Justin. Can't get through the first phrase. No, no, no. I thought, did Justin Amash have a stroke? Because yeah, no, I didn't realize he was quoting William Barr. I'm like, there is no way. And then I scrolled down and said, Rand Paul. Oh, wait, wait, Rand Paul had a stroke. No, 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 Chris Ann. Justin Amash is telling you why Rand Paul will not be voting for William Barr as AG nominee. While the page, now this is a quote from William Barr, according to Justin Amash. If you don't know who Justin Amash is, okay, Justin Amash is a representative from the state of Michigan. He is not well loved by other representatives in Michigan because he makes them look foolish and he points out that they're not doing their jobs. So Justin Amash is somebody that I follow on Twitter. And by the way, he has good Facebook posts too. If you're not in Michigan, it doesn't matter. Because Justin Amash is reporting on what your House members are voting on. And he's telling you why they ought not be voting or why they should be voting. Right. So just my little sales pitch there for Justin Amash, who I don't even know if he knows who I am. Sure he does. Sure he does? Uh, well, we'll see. Oh, I guess he follows, or his you, staff follows me on Twitter. You correspond with his staff. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't mean he knows me. Right. <laughs> Right? He's a patriot He's and a supporter a of liberty. Yes. He says, quote, now this is a quote from William Barr. While the Patriot Act was a major step forward <laughs> and remedied FISA's most severe problems. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. The most severe problem is FISA. Okay. I believe FISA remains. Are you ready? Too restrictive. What, what, what? <laughs> okay, look, guys, somebody's got to get a hold of Donald Trump and tell him he's got to stop taking these uh, recommendations from his advisors. Okay, and all right, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Okay, so those of you guys who are watching on, on YouTube, you know I'm not done yet. Why is it too restrictive, Why Mr. Barr? Why is it too restrictive, Mr. Barr? Mr. Barr says it's too, it's too restrictive because it still requires that the government establish probable cause. What, what, what? <laughs> wow. So it's FISA. That requires the government establish probable cause. Yeah. And it's too restrictive because FISA requires government establish probable cause. Translation. He believes the Fourth Amendment is too restrictive. Too he believes due restrictive. process under this Constitution oh is too restrictive. Oh Therefore, he believes the Constitution is too restrictive. Is too restrictive. This, this, okay, okay, this Can we guy. say it this way? The protection for your liberties... Man. On the government is too restrictive. Oh my goodness! I have I have stinking goosebumps right now because I think that I could unleash on this man if he was standing in front of me. I am freaking livid that this is the guy that we might replace Sessions with. Uh huh. Are you kidding me? This is the guy we're looking to replace Sessions with. Houston, we've hit bottom and started to dig. I, oh, my God. 
Oh, I, I'm sorry, guys. I really have to laugh because if I don't laugh, I will seriously weep at the condition of, of our government. Condition. Meanwhile, meanwhile, back at the ranch, remember the old television shows, right? Meanwhile, back at the White House, America's flustered over border security, and then this is happening. And now you know, JC, why I, why I tweet, tweeted the question, when will those in government make the rights of the people the focus? I mean, seriously here. I forgot to, to grab a clip. Um, I'll do it during the break, but I want to I show everybody the Declaration of Independence so we actually understand what I'm meaning about the rights of the people being the focus of those in government. But I want to, but you know what month this is, JC, right? February. This is February. We are in the midst of an historical month that just happens to deal with the Fourth Amendment. Uh-huh. And so I thought, what an amazing opportunity that William Barr and the Trump administration are providing us to engage in a teaching moment. Because here we have, J.C., our Fourth Amendment is not an invention. It was not something that a bunch of uh, white, r- elite, rich, old guys sat down and penned in a pub one day because they wanted to figure out how to oppress the people's rights, right? So that's not how this works. This is a, 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 an, a right of the people inherent in the natural rights of the people to own and maintain property, to secure their property and their privacy and their their opinions, all of that. Remember, those of you who were watching earlier this week, or maybe it was last week, we talked about property by definition is not just simply your stuff. It's your ideas. It's your thoughts. It's the dim- dissemination of those ideas. And And James Madison said, No property is secure when the government can can engage in arbitrary searches and seizures. Well, so this February, that's exactly what William Barr wants to do. Right, wants to engage in arbitrary searches and seizures. What what exactly do you suppose William Barr's standard that he wants for the federal government? If probable cause is too restrictive, what do you think his standard ought to be? What I think it ought to be? Well, I mean, what do you think he he thinks it it ought to be? be? I I would think he would think it should be non-existent. Or whatever's necessary, right? Oh, yeah. Whatever is necessary. As a William Pitt said, necessity is the plea yeah. for every infringement of human freedom. It is the arguments of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. So February 1761, write that down in your little Liberty First notebook because this is a historic date. February 1761 is the day liberty was birthed in the new America. And it was birthed by a man named James Otis Jr. A little bit of backdrop there because I overheard JC's listening to uh, Desperate Sons 
uh, in audiobook, Desperate Sons. If you guys don't have that book, this is one of the modern history books that I actually recommend. It is based on original source material, not some historian trying to compile his own opinions and promote his own agenda. This is a book built on original source material. And so uh, Desperate Sons is a, is a story about the Sons of Liberty. But JC, we know the Sons of Liberty would not exist had it not been for February 1761 and James Otis Jr. Why? Because the British government was engaging in the very same searches and seizure that our FISA courts recognize and and endorse, and even the searches and seizures that he that William Barr wishes to expand, and James Otis Jr. was the first man to step up and say, "No, we're not having that here." We'll get back to this when we come back from the break. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we are talking about our most amazing history of James Otis Jr. and the fight for security of the rights and the properties of the people. I wrote that down in my Liberty First notebook. You wrote that down in your Liberty First notebook. Since you told me to. Since I told you to. Right. Because these are the things we need to look at, right? Remember, if you want to know more about this, you can go to libertyfirstuniversity.com where we have all of these classes on the Fourth Amendment. We have classes on uh, America Disarmed. We have classes on that, that go into the history of James Otis Jr. Now, here's the interesting thing. James Otis Jr. was an attorney who had received the highest post that any attorney could receive from the king. He was pretty much the AG, right? So James Otis Jr. was doing what William Barr would be doing on a colonial level. And when the British Parliament passed out these laws called the Writs of Assistance, which were nullifying clauses 38 through 40 in the Magna Carta, the law of the land since 1215 that said the rights of the people will be secure from these kinds of unreasonable searches and seizures, uh, James Otis Jr. decided he couldn't do his job anymore and he quit. Actually, he resigned. He submitted his letter of resignation and he's done. And he went off to be a whistleblower. He started telling everybody in the American colonies what they could and, and should be doing, recognizing how their government had revolted against their rights. You said this the other night uh, in, um, uh, where were we, in North Carolina. We, we did not have a revolutionary war. Right. We had a war of restoration because it was the British government that was revolting against the chartered laws guaranteeing the rights of the people. And so Otis, long story short, Otis is informing everybody these agents are acting in arbitrary searches and seizures. Now look, they're not just searching and seizing for tea. They're not just searching and seizing for goods that are, and they're not just enforcing the law. 
They're searching and seizing our wives and daughters, and they're stealing things from neighbors and businesses for their own personal gain. Otis stands up and files a lawsuit and ends up in February 1761 being charged with treason and bringing a case against the federal against the federal. That's a Freudian, right? Against these British agents. He argues for five solid hours. Mm -hmm. He calls James Otis Jr., whom our founders would call the midwife to liberty. James Otis Jr. calls these writs of assistance the worst instruments of arbitrary power, the most destructive of English liberty, and the fundamental principles of law that was ever found in an English law book. And the Patriot Act resurrected them. The FISA court engages in it all the time. And now William William Barr Barr says even what they do is too restricted. Is too restricted. We need more Which is hardly restricted at all. They're constantly violating due process, and he says even that, in his opinion, is too restrictive. So I I guess he just wants some kind of Gestapo squad to just roam the streets and do whatever. Well, you know, because it's important to keep America safe. I mean, seriously, how less restrictive can you get than what the FISA courts already are? I don't know, man. (laughs) It's hard to to comprehend what what he is advocating here. I don't understand it either. I think, um, well, I do because this is the kind of administration we have been breeding for decades. This idea that security is over everything. Do you know how many people, JC, tell me, well, you know, it's the president's job to keep us safe. He took an oath to keep America safe. No, he did not take an oath. People need to, you know, people don't even read the Constitution. They need to read the oath the president takes. The the president takes an oath to secure the Constitution. I call that the bird call of the conservatives. The bird call. Explain that. That's how you identify that. I mean, anybody uttering that phrase. He took an oath to keep us safe. That's the conservative bird call. So you, that you know, you're you're sort of pure conservative. Uh, what people, you know, when I see that label used and all that, you're pure conservative today. Is the nationalist war hawk rip up the constitution to keep us safe, law and order? You know, that's a conservative. So when Otis took this stand. He was called, like I said, he was charged with treason by the government for standing up for the rights of the people. He was called every name in the book by the people in the community, but a good Christian man. He was despised. He was blacklisted. He was condemned. And he said, I can, conce- I can sincerely declare that I cheerfully submit my, myself to every odious name for conscience' sake. See, we need some kind, we need that kind of sacred honor in America today. Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. If you want to learn more about this, Go to libertyfirstuniversity.com. You can get a you you can become a member at libertyfirstuniversity.com, or you can get the DVD on the Fourth Amendment. The DVD on the America Disarmed will also teach you about this history as lo- uh, as well as about our right to keep and bear arms. 
right? So Otis says, and I love this quote by Otis, by the way, JC. He says, I cheerfully, I can sincerely declare that I cheerfully submit myself to every odious name for conscience sake. And then he makes a moral judgment of people in government. He says, and from my soul, I despise all those whose guilt, malice, or folly has made them my foes. Let consequences be what they will. I am determined to proceed. That moral judgment, JC, that Otis has made is he's classified three kinds of people in government that all do the same thing. Those whose uh, guilt, who, you know, and I, and I describe those as the, as the people in government who will uh, compromise liberty on the altar of pragmatism. Right. So we are going to sacrifice liberty to keep people safe. What they're doing is they're telling you, I know it's the wrong thing to do, but we have to compromise. Right. Um, he, He describes another group of people as malice. Those are the people that are wicked and evil and they want power. Right. You can subversive subversives. Right. And then folly. AOC. AOC, right? AOC. So I think uh, there's a lot of them. I think Nancy Pelosi is a subversive. I think Dianne Feinstein is a subversive. I think Peter King is a subversive. I think there's a lot of them up there that are Uh, subversive. Peter King, I think, is in the first group. He's in the, oh, you think he's in the sacrificing liberty on the altar of pragmatism guy? Yes. Mm, Okay. Well, it doesn't really matter uh, because at the end, you know, the, the result is the still same. the same. So folly, as Otis describes them, are the people that ignorant. are simply ignorant. They just don't know any better, yep. right? And I believe there are people up there like that, that mm-hmm. just simply don't know any better. Because think about it. How much have you learned from these radio shows, from Liberty First University, from the teaching that we teach on the Constitution? Think about how far we've, I can think about how far I've come in 10 years in understanding the Constitution and, and, and liberty. And, and, and Otis says, whether it's guilt, malice, or folly, these people are our foes. What does that make, what does that make William Barr? It doesn't matter whether it's guilt, malice, or folly. He is our foe. He is absolutely our foe. And I believe that's what Rand Paul and Justin Amash are trying to teach us. William Barr is a foe to liberty. Absolutely. A foe to liberty. Why is that? Well, because it's not the FISA court that tells us the limit of government that, authority. Yeah, that we need probable cause, that we need due, due process. Right. It is the Fourth Amendment that tells us that our rights to be secure in our property that emanate from the natural right to self-preservation and self-existence are to be secured against unreasonable searches and seizures. Right. And unreasonable searches and seizures. See, this is the thing that really, really got me, JC, when I was in law school. We have some friends now who are Liberty First University students that are actually in law school. And they 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 write me uh, quite a bit about their interactions with their law professors. And, uh, you know, I mean, they're not, they're not going to make a lot of progress with their law professors publicly, but I think that they're planting seeds to make them think, right? So the Fourth Amendment, we talked about this on the show. If people in America became as incensed about the attacks on the Fourth Amendment as the potential attacks on the Second Amendment, we would be in a different government today. 
we would be in a different America today because our Fourth Amendment has become Swiss cheese. Through Supreme Court opinion, through enforcements, through, through ideologies like people like Barr. Yeah, the, no doubt. Their government is full of people. Our Congress is full of people that think that your liberty comes secondary to, to national security. Well, it's pretty much the whole Bush administration. You remember Cheney oh, yeah. cursing the Constitution, how, you know, what a blankety, the, that blankety blank Constitution that was a barrier to everything he wanted to do. If we could get rid of that blankety blank Constitution, that, oh, that yeah. was Dick Cheney. Oh, yeah. And uh, Jay. But President Dick Cheney. Because he didn't know what he was talking about. Jay, who uh, John, was his name, John Jay? The yeah. In, uh, he was the head of national security under Barack Obama. Said, uh, um, the, he said that uh, uh, it was the Fourth Amendment that, that kept America unsafe. That it was the Fourth Amendment that allowed terrorists to attack the American people. And we have, uh, oh, I even remember Newt Gingrich standing up in a library full of kids giving a lecture on the Fourth Amendment, describing how the Fourth Amendment doesn't really mean what it says. It means what the Supreme Court says, and it's had to be altered over the years because of the necessity of, of keeping America safe. And so, you know, there's a libertarian uh, meme picture that goes around all the time that it says it doesn't matter whether it's the right boot or the left boot. It's on your throat, right? Right. It's still on your throat. So let's look, JC, at the Fourth Amendment. Well, think think about that reasoning again. It's Mm -hmm. it's it advocates lawless government, because if you say we had to alter it. Okay, we know that the only way to alter the Constitution right. is through the amendment process. Right. So if you're saying we had to alter it, you had to alter it how? And then he's referring to some court process, some legislative process. All of those are unlawful, lawless ways of, quote, unquote, altering the Constitution. The fact of the matter is the Constitution has not been altered in that regard. No, it, it has, has not. not been altered, and it is not authorized to be al- altered through legislative act or judicial opinion. So these people who call themselves conservatives are standing up. So if you say, you can say, this would be a reasonable thing to say. Okay, we believe we need to amend the Constitution because we need greater measures to keep us safe. Right. Okay? That, is a, that is a constitutional statement. Now we can argue about whether we do or whether we not, but that's a constitutional statement because you're right. supporting the rule of law because you're acknowledging that we have to change it through the amendment process. But to say... It doesn't mean what, what it says because it's been altered by the courts. That's lawless government. So these these so-called conservatism, this is what I say. This is typical conservative. This is not unusual talk for conservatives when right. it comes to national Absolutely. security. Um, they advocate lawless government. They advocate lawlessness. And I'm afraid that Donald Trump also advocates this because he's been surrounded by the wrong advisors. I really believe that Donald Trump has... A, a seed within him that wants to respect the rights of the people. But he also has that that natural cons- conservative tendency that you're talking about for police state and government power for keeping people I, safe. I just think it's a, it's a matter of he's not an expert in certain areas, right. and then therefore he relies on people, and, and he listens to what they say. It's right. sim- I think it's simple as that. You know? See, here's the thing. I, everybody, uh, one guy can't be smart in everything. No. Okay? So – 
you know, and sort of, I don't mean to sound crass, but he's not smart in these areas. Right. And so then he's influenced he's by... He's not educated in these areas. Right. So he's influenced by, usually it seems, whoever spoke to him last or whoever's the most forceful or what mm-hmm. have you. And so we know, when you talk about the swamp, we know it's infested with these people. Right. They have a stranglehold on it, particularly in the area of that they call national security. Right. And, you know, this is what they want. So they'll work through any and every president to try to expand that. You look at even Barack Obama. And he, now he with came Barr, in, the swamp gets swampier. Yeah, you remember Barack Obama came in trumpeting, you know, get us out of these wars and we're going to do this, do that. A whole anti-war. One, In fact, the reason, other than playing the race card, the number one reason Barack Obama w- was elected was the anti-war right. stance because people were wearied by... Uh, the stuff in Iraq and the media's, um, you know, the way that the media just pounded people right. with that every day, the right. way that they framed it. And so that's one of the reasons he was elected. But then you look at him getting in, the, in there, even even this lefty guy who, you know, who hated America, who hates the military. What did he do? He got us in, I think, six more wars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Now, I realize they, the, the troops, the armaments and all that been degrading for multiple decades. But the fact of the matter is, what my point is, there are people in the government that stay in the government, that have been in the government for decades, that that control this, that give the advice, that influence this. When we start pointing at the president and the different faces that we know that we elected, that's not who's pulling the strings. Absolutely. Amen and hallelujah. And so the thing he needs is, to kick these warhawks to the he curb. He does. He absolutely does. And we need to get people in front of him. Now, you know, maybe I give Donald Trump a pass on these things more than than Barack Obama because Barack Obama claimed to be a constitutional lawyer. He he claimed to true. be a professor of the Constitution. Now, we all know that's not true. He, he was a subversive. He was a subversive. Right. He was a subversive. But nonetheless. So I want us to look at this, JC. I want us to look at the Fourth Amendment, its text itself. So uh, pull out your pause us if you're if you're listening to us, pull out your pocket constitution and look at the Fourth Amendment. Because the language is very, very clear. And it's something that we need to read, we need to we need to know, we need to own. We need to own this. Because the only way this is going to change in America is for the American people to once again own that spirit that that drove James Otis Jr. to become the midwife of liberty to stand against these unreasonable searches and seizures. So the Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects. Now, if you're a Liberty First University student, get the class on property so you understand what effects means and all of that is. Against what? Unreasonable searches and seizures. Notice. Because this is something your federal supremacists will tell you, your judicial supremacists. Well, you realize, Chrisanne, you're not free from all searches and seizures, right? You're just free from unreasonable ones. Now, this is the part that our law students who are in law school now, who are Liberty First University students, and the thing that really riled me up when I was in law school, the courts will say, see, it says unreasonable searches and seizures. So now we got to determine what is unreasonable. Right. Right. And who does that? Who gets who, d- and, who and gets to do that? Who That's gets their to next do that? Right. Building block. The building block is and they, because they'll give you the answer. Right. The building block comes because we have been raised since 1833 in the mentality of judicial supremacy yep. that when you don't understand a word in the text, you got to go to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. 
right? You got to go to the courts and not just any court, the federal courts have to tell you. And the federal courts over these years have devised and, and divined a meaning of the word unreasonable to say unreasonable is what an un- a reasonable person would find reasonable under reasonable circumstances. I'll repeat that when we come back just so we don't miss it. And all Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We are talking about Justin Amash and Rand Paul tweeting about William Barr and how William Barr, the guy who's up for uh, AG to replace Sessions, has said that the Patriot Act was a major step forward eh. and remedied FISA's most severe problems. Eh. I believe Barr says FISA remains too restrictive. Uh, It still requires that the government establish probable cause. uh, All right. We know now. Wrong on four counts. Jeez, man. We didn't even get to a period before we got to the wrong. You've got to go to college to get that stupid. You've got to go to law school to get that dumb. Anyway, so it's the Fourth Amendment that establishes probable cause. and Not the, the FISA court. Not the FISA courts. We're reading the Fourth Amendment text now. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Over the many decades of postulation and divining, the p- courts have decided the definition of reasonable is what a reasonable person finds reasonable in a reasonable circumstance. Isn't there some grammatical law against using the word to define itself? Right. Seriously. But that's th- that's the wisdom that our courts can come up with over the years. Here's the thing. We don't need the courts to define reasonableness because the Fourth Amendment already does. The Fourth Amendment text describes to us what a lawful, reasonable search and seizure is, and it has to have five components. Read it. Shall not be violated. Number one, no warrant shall issue, but upon, what is that, JC? Probable cause. Probable cause. So you need a warrant. You need a warrant, number one. And that warrant has to be based upon probable cause. Number two. Number three, it has to be supported by oath or affirmation. Right. Not a secret Russian dossier from the Democrat Party. <laughs> and it needs to be a, a, an oath or affirmation means that it's subject to due process challenge. It's not a secret FISA court, right. period. S- somebody somebody owns up to the accusation. Somebody. somebody is saying, right? It's not anonymous. It's, it's They signed their name on the dotted line. I saw this. Mm-hmm. I know this. And... Based on the Sixth Amendment, I can now confront that person individually, right? So, so a secret, secret court, Russian <laughs> compiled <laughs> opposition dossier by somebody connected to the Democrat Party is not oath or affirmation. No. Therefore, a warrant should not be issued. Right. So, number one, a warrant based upon probable cause. Number two. Supported by oath or affirmation, number three, particularly describing the place to be searched, number four, and the persons or things to be seized. Now, I want us to notice, JC, because you're my grammar guru, that there's a very important word in here. So if you go to those last two, if you go to, you're going to get 
right. something. We got to go get something, right. look for something, apprehend somebody. It's the person, person giving the other affirmation. Right. But whatever they have to say, this is the place. That's right. where it's located. This is where it's at. And that's where you search. Right. And, then, and a particular person. Or to thing be, to a be thing seized. to be seized. So it's not like. Any particular search. It's not these blanket It's not, warrants. hey, we'd like to get into this place and see what we no, find. It's not like, hey, Verizon, send us all of your. your Metadata. Metadata, right? That's not particular. That's not a particular thing. That's not a particular person or a thing, and it's not a particular place. Not okay. particular Verizon at all. Verizon is not a particular place. Okay. If you, if you scoop up everything, that's, not, that's the opposite of particular. Right, right. So. All five of these conditions must be present pursuant to the Fourth Amendment for you to have a reasonable search and seizure. Why all five? Because the text of the amendment says, and, and no warrant shall be issued, but based upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. That word in there, that conjunctive word in there is not or. You can't have three out of five. You can't have four and a half or four and a five. You can't even have four and a half out of five. See, Barr wants to eliminate probable cause, which gives you four out of five, which is already a violation of the Fourth Amendment. All five things must be present. Well, and you, it's right there in writing. If you don't have probable cause, then you really don't need the four other. Right? If I don't need probable cause, then I don't need the four others. No, because if I you don't, just you can't do it on describe any anything, yeah. right? <laughs> you can do anything for any reasons. It's ridiculous. So now you know why Justin Amash and Rand Paul said that Rand Paul will not be voting for Barr, and we should be opposing Barr as well. Contact your senator right now, Marco Rubio, <laughs> and tell them not to vote for Barr. Get with Donald Trump and tell him to get better advisors. <laughs>